Welcome to this week's episode of EG Like Sunday Morning with all-star guests, elegant Emily Wright and peerless Piers Wayner. And the big question is, with Emily and Piers holding forth, how will I get a word in? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. I don't know. Good luck. <laughs> how, how have you both been this week? <laughs> Silent. We don't speak now. After that intro, you know, I, I don't want to say nervous. anything. You've made us so scared to speak that it's going to be a silent <laughs> podcast. We'll have to do it in mime. <laughs> um, Go on, Emily, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, did you want, what was the question? How's the week? How's our week been? How's my yes, week been? Yes, that was right, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's been it's been okay, thank you. It's been a post-mipping recovery. I know you, mm. that's old news now. We did that last week, didn't we? But um, yeah, post-mipping recovery. It's been a busy old week. Lots of stuff happening um, in the world and lots of ha- stuff happening across tech, ESG, all that kind of stuff. So it's really, it's good. It's good to see that the, the cogs are all turning and that there's lots of investment coming into the market. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's been good, thank you. Yeah, it's a good point though. It's a good point about the MIPIM post MIPIM recovery because I think there is like the the traditional MIPIM lurgy, isn't it? That everybody comes back. (laughs) Well, yeah, I think we we just it's that's the new and improved MIPIM lurgy. It's like oh wow, after a break of two years, it can really get something nasty. Yeah, yeah, so everybody comes back with something, and this time this ups the stakes. (laughs) Some people coming back with COVID. Yeah, I think people just come back with a sense of bewilderment and exhaustion as well. I mean, that that's <laughs> that's true. And obviously, we we were ESG friendly and caught the train, so so that came back with a sort of a, sort of a, a sort of a kind of mild sort of post traumatic kind of you know not that it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad, and it was very good for us to do in terms of our ESG credentials. But goodness me, six hours on the TGV is a long time, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, no one cares. Okay, moving <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, I just—I was just trying to wrap my head. To it. I, I think I—I I, I, uh, did spend a long time on a train uh, traveling from New York to Pennsylvania many years ago. So uh, yes. you have my sympathy. Long I train journey. I bet that train was was not on an angle. That for me is the big gripe with the TGV. I've been on that train that you that you're talking mm-hmm. about from Penn Station. Lovely quite nice pretty relaxing but the problem with the train on a slant i appreciate this isn't what this this episode's about but i'm gonna just very quickly the, the problem with the train on a slant is you have to engage your core muscles to stop you from like either slipping into the window or onto your fellow passenger mm. so it's actually quite an involved experience i'd say in terms of you know you can't just switch off there you go you get a workout as well and, and exactly. you know eg eg like sunday morning is here to be about anything and everything emily so don't don't apologize for uh, straying never, into an unusual never direction. <laughs> never apologise. Um, now, every week is an exciting one uh, in the world of tech, uh, but uh, this week has been no exception. Uh, isn't that right, Emily? Absolutely. It's been a really interesting week um, for a number of reasons, but one of the things that I wanted to talk about on this particular episode was a seed raise that was announced this week um, because... It was one of those ones where you look at it and you think that's interesting and then you look at it a bit more and you think oh that's really interesting so it's a company or a startup called climate x and they announced that they had had an oversubscribed an oversubscribed it's quite hard to say um seed raise and the investors are ao PropTech, um deloitte um commerce ventures there's some angel investors the the co-founder of eventbrite and um, the former managing editor of wired um, just an incredible array of companies, VCs and angels um, getting behind this company. 
Um, and then looking into it and what it does is quite, quite extraordinary and potentially game changing. I mean, all these things have to wait and see how it all unfolds. But the work that they're doing around predicting extreme weather events um, and what that could mean on a location by location and an asset by asset basis to the point where you can have a look at your asset and or your portfolio and then work out how it could devalue um, in the next X number of years based on the possibility of an extreme weather event is quite amazing. Um, and I know that there are companies out there that are doing a lot of flood risk prediction and that kind of thing. But what these guys have done is they've built an entirely 3D model of the world and then they are, in their words, applying the laws of physics on top of it to then work out exactly how much rainfall or flooding you'd need before it becomes sort of a crisis point or and then looking at sort of drought levels to see at what what point it becomes a crisis point it's absolutely amazing and obviously um i did a podcast with them this morning so that'll be out at well not on a sunday emily come on i did a podcast with them last <laughs> you had week. to be up bright and early to have done one earlier this morning emily. <laughs> i did no no i had a, po- <laughs> a podcast with them <laughs> earlier this week um, and um you know, they were saying, obviously, we, we can't predict like we can't predict that there will be a flooding event in 20, you know, 2032. We can't do that. But what we can do is we can overlay all of the data and say that if there were to be, you know, a flooding event, this is how much your asset or your location could take before it then becomes, um, you know, a crisis point. And on that, you can work out asset value. Amazing. Isn't that amazing? Mm. Absolutely. I can see I can totally see why the investors have got behind it. And some of the investors and you know, investors comments around it have been very interesting. Greg DeWerp of AO PropTech, who um, we interviewed um, a few months ago, said, you know, it's become a responsibility and a responsibility to 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 be focusing on this kind of stuff. And I think they feel very strongly about it. Um, and the other thing that I thought was really interesting, having spoken to um, Lucky, who is the co-founder and CEO of ClimateX, is that he is holding his investors to account, which is pretty pretty bold actually for a for a seed round, holding his investors to account to make sure that they are all making diverse investments so that their investment portfolio covers a wide range of companies, a wide range of people, a focus on female founders, a focus on um, minority groups, and making sure that it's a very diverse um, investment portfolio. So I thought that was really interesting as well, not just from the actual financial perspective but from the kind of ESG social and diversity perspective so good on him. Indeed and against that uh, comprehensive background you've got a bit of an update on uh, this year's EG Tech Awards Emily. I do so if anybody is concerned that they missed the deadline to enter the fifth EG Tech Awards Fear not. <laughs> Give it a bit of a, an anticlimax. If I said you're right, it's close. Um, <laughs> fear not. We have extended the deadline, so you now have until the 15th of April to get your entries in. Um, so we're building on the last four years, which have gone from strength to strength. And the last couple of years have obviously been digital. We're going back mm-hmm. to real life this year. So um, really looking forward to seeing everybody in real life. And you know. <laughs> It's either on the 6th or the 7th of July, and I cannot believe that I've forgotten the actual date. It's either on the 6th or 7th of July. Um, I shall check and we'll make sure. Um, At the brewery, really looking forward to seeing as many people there in person. But yes, the important date to remember for now (laughs) is that the 15th of April is the extended deadline for entries. I'm sure we'll get the chance to remind people of the uh, specific date for the awards uh, on a subsequent episode. Um, oh, no, no, this episode. Don't worry, I shall just do a quick check while Piers <laughs> is chatting and I shall update everybody in due course. 
Well, it appears you, you've, you've also been writing a bit uh, about PropTech for the Mag this week. Um, and since uh, also We Crashed uh, has made its Apple TV Plus debut with a certain mythical animal featuring significantly in its opening title sequence. So I thought this would be the moment for me to actually grasp uh, with a pair of experts here to tell me what you actually need. What, what requirements are there to be a PropTech unicorn? What makes a PropTech unicorn? Wow. Well, the, the vital thing is that a, a prop tech, normal prop tech is just mm. four legs, hooves and a big nose. <laughs> to be a prop tech unicorn, you do need that horn on the top of your head. Without okay. that, you're just a prop tech horse. Right. Uh, um, and what, no, what, 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 what makes the metaphorical horn, if you, if you don't mind me asking? It's a, it's a valuation of a billion. And whether it's I a billion see. dollars, a billion pounds, a billion euros, oh. is, is kind of up for grabs. But, but oh, you so, have so to be... unicorns are different in, on, in different countries. Yes, yeah, but I suppose they're all they're all getting sort of similar now, aren't they? We no longer got the thing where, you know, a, a pound is worth ten dollars and a dollar is thirty pence to the euro, and I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but no, it's 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 a billion, it's a billion of whatever you choose to measure it in. But okay. if it's not dollars, pounds, or euros, then okay. As ever, Piers, you you've made everything clear. Thank you. Very much. <laughs> um, and uh, beyond that, you've uh, you've been having a ball with the big planning story of the week. Uh, please, please tell us more. Well, this is this is the Stratford Sphere or the mm. uh, the East London Orb or whatever else you want to call it. The um, um, I had I had one person call it the Boil, which I don't think is the official marketing name. I don't oh, think that's that what we're going horrendous. with. Horrendous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, this is this is brilliant. This is um, Madison Square Gardens. So obviously, if you're Madison Square Gardens and you're renowned for having a big square venue mm. in New York, the thing that you really want to do is call yourself your next project, the Madison Square Garden Sphere, because that's not going to confuse anyone at all. Um, but this is this is their brilliant plan that they, they've got, um, obviously, their, their venue in, in New York, um, and they're wanting to have more venues across the world um, in these sort of spherical shapes. They're huge. They're 21,500 21, capacity and about um, between 17 and 18,000 of that seated in multiple venues inside and and bits of club and and all this sort of stuff but it's wrapped in this extraordinary skin um that's uh led screens so you've got about um i mean the, the outside is 96 meters tall which if, if you think about it 120 meters wide um so it'll be about the dimensions of the london eye but mm. spherical and all of that potentially can be a screen, a live screen or a broadcast screen. Um, and that's where some of the concerns have come in. But what happened this week was that um, they got planning. They've, as as, uh, as one of their people said, it, it's not the end of the story. They haven't got past all of the hurdles. They're about halfway. So they've got planning from the LLDC, the uh, London Legacy Development Corporation, um, which is all of that uh, <clears throat> that Olympic land. Um, but now it's Sadiq Khan as London mayor has to sign off on it. So it could it could all fall apart because there's a bit of controversy about it. And the reason for that is that while businesses seem to like it, um, MSG themselves, um, MSG Entertainment did a, a survey where they, they found that 85% of people thought that it was a brilliant idea and loved it. But you then talk to people who don't love it so much and they say, well, those figures aren't exactly right. 
none of the elected officials around that area are supporting it. So the mayor of Newham's not supporting it. The local councillors aren't supporting it. The local MPs aren't supporting it. And they're saying the reason why they're not supporting it is because their residents, their constituents, hate it. And then, obviously, MSG comes back and says, no, they don't. Look, we've got all of these statistics and these people saying that they love it and this is exactly what they want on their doorstep. So it's it's quite controversial in that there do seem to be people who really love the idea of this enormous music venue and um i mean it's it, to visit it's going to be breathtaking um and then you've got other people who say that they don't like it at all and on the not liking it at all um camp is aeg as in the owners of the o2 just four miles away over the river in greenwich um who say that uh, it's not because it's competition. That's not the reason why they don't like it. No, 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 no. The reason why they don't like it is they think it's inappropriate for the site. Um, I don't know, but I believe them. Absolutely. Mm, yeah, yeah that's convinced me. Yeah. I, I'm uh, I'm just sort of wondering what the consequences will be in like, like, when it gets built in 2029 and Storm Ethel strikes <laughs> uh, a, a great big gigantic screen. What, oh, you know what? Climate X could predict that exactly, and then they'll yeah. be able to tell you that the likelihood of that happening to your asset is X, Y, or Z percentage. So that's that solved. Perfect. That, that, that alleviates <laughs> my concerns. They've got the, the Sphere guys, MSG um, Entertainment, have, have now got um, something. I think he, he's he's president of Sphere. Which just sounds like the best title that ever. That is a job title to aspire <laughs> to, isn't it? And his President job, he's called, he's called Lucas Watson, and his job is to to find. He's he's obviously in charge of the London sphere, um, and he's in charge of the one that they're building by the Venetian Casino in Las Vegas, which is actually underway now. Um, but he's also in charge of finding lots of other places to to put these spheres. And just looking at the pictures, you have to try not to think, and I know, Jess, this will be hard for you, but try not to think of it as some sort of alien egg about to hatch, because <laughs> when you start hearing about them wanting to plant them across the world mm. in strategic locations, it does feel a little bit invasion of the body snatchers. <laughs> uh, and obviously a big part of his job is looking at things in the round. Um, hey! hey. Uh, now, Piers, uh, you also this week have the news story with what is surely the greatest payoff line uh, in EG history. So what did Edgar Allan Pierce have to say about the Raven Property Group? Oh, yeah. Well, this is I think this is a really um, a really sad story in a way. Obviously, so Raven Property first went into um, into Russia about 17 years ago. Um, and back then it was called Raven Russia. And it was set up by uh, Glyn Hirsch and Anton Bilton. Um, and they they started off. It was it was a bit of a punt. Um, and I, I remember at the time people saying, God, Russia, really? Um, but they stuck with it and they managed to build it into one of the largest warehouse owners in in Russia. And they've obviously had their ups and downs. And politically, Russia's always been a bit risky. And economically, it's been a bit difficult. The ruble's been going all over the place. Coronavirus didn't help. But e-commerce was just coming in and just beginning to change the warehouse market. And it looked as though their latest results, which were meant to be out this week, thereabouts, um, were going to show uh, an almost doubling of net asset value. I mean, really good work. But then Putin goes and invades Ukraine. And in the context of of thousands of, of deaths and, and many more thousands injured and, and millions of people being displaced, it's it's not at all relevant. But just looking at how something like that can 
utterly upend the fortunes of a successful company um, is is just extraordinary. But yes, so the <laughs> it's a long-winded way of saying that um, the the feedback that that came from um, from people in the know about um, what's happened now because they, they've obviously they've sold out they've they've handed over uh, or in the process of handing over to their Moscow-based management team and Raven itself, which is um, UK and uh, Channel Islands based and Cyprus based uh, and a listed company is now no longer going to have anything to do with with the Russian property portfolio other than as a shareholder. Um, but they've kind of left the door open-ish for a return if everything settles down, if, I don't know, the people of Russia rise up and tell Putin to, to disappear or whatever, however things may calm down, they've left the door open potentially to go back. But when I made inquiries as to whether that was likely, uh, they they said that it, it would you, I think was the response, mm. which allowed me, as Jess so rightly pointed out, to go all Edgar Allan Poe and end the article on this by saying, quoth the raven, nevermore. Basically, the whole article was just a long-winded build-up to, to that. Yeah. yeah. I, I only wish I'd, I'd asked you to, to read the whole poem, I think, with that, with that, with that beautiful rendition of the, the, the closing line. Um, and then, Piers, uh, just the little matter of the Chancellor's spring statement, if you wanted to quickly guide us through the, the headline points. Well, I think I can, really, because um, for, for business, it, it's kind of, well, there was a heckle about halfway through um, because he took a very long pause and did his sip of water, which he does for, for dramatic effect, um, the, the Sunak sip. Um, and there was a heckle from, from, it actually sounded like it came from the government benches, but I think it was from the opposite benches of somebody saying, is that it? And uh, no, no, the speech went on for a lot longer. But as far as anything relevant for now, yeah, that was it. It was um, 5p um, off the, the the duty on fuel, which essentially takes fuel prices back to ooh, uh, mm, oh, last they were yesterday. Week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you've got uh, uh, the reduction of VAT on um, home improvements for um, like green home improvements. Mm. Um, which is something that they've been talking about for a long time, so that wasn't really a shock. Um, and then some things about um, the uh, the income tax uh, rate coming down, but that's by the end of the Parliament, so that's sort of 2024, um, which was described as a jam tomorrow promise. Um, and then within that is this weird sort of balancing act that they're playing with national insurance um, by reducing it in some ways and putting it up in other ways which means that for most of the people sort of middle income bracket it's going to not make that much difference apart from the fact that there's a cost of living crisis so all of your money's worth less anyway and that was the, the the main thing is that very little was put in place to answer that cost of living question but also there were things that that weren't dealt with at all so so there's nothing to do. There were, none of the business concerns were answered. None of the concerns from the property industry are answered. We've got the moratorium that's um, ending next week. Mm. Um, and still that un, unanswered question of what's going to happen with the billions of pounds of rent that's still owed. All of these things are just sort of hanging, waiting to be solved. And instead, they're knocking 5p off fuel duty. So the response has been from business, but also, you know, from from the industry, from from 
everyone really has been incredibly negative, which is quite rare for for this chancellor and quite rare for a spring statement where you actually say we're going to reduce income tax. I mean, that's that's what happened a couple of times, I think. And usually it's a big thing and everybody waves the flags. This time everybody was gone. So what? Come on, I'll fix the actual problems. Mm. Uh, I'm sure we will we will return uh, to the question of the, the the implications of the end of the moratorium um, this time next week. Um, but we've held you in suspense uh, for long enough. Uh, so Emily, the date of the fifth annual EG Tech Awards is drumroll, please. The 6th of July. <laughs> the 6th of July. There Wouldn't it have been embarrassing if it was neither the 6th nor the 7th? <laughs> completely way. wrong. Uh, it is the 6th of July. That, mark that date in your in your calendar. And just as a reminder, the even more important impending date to get those submissions in, Emily, was again. And that, that one is consistently remembered. And that was the 15th of April, she says, thinking, is that right? Yep, 15th okay. of April. <laughs> Fantastic. So, OK, we've just got time for uh, a very a fun little challenge I've got for you. It's, it's a slightly different version of the quiz, uh, especially with with you two in mind, because, oh God. you know, <laughs> to to uh, two people with the, the, their fingers on the pulse of prop tech. Uh, so it's a little game of what I'm going to call. Pop or prop. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you a name and you have to tell me whether it is a genuine prop tech startup or just a character from popular culture. I love this. I love I'm, this. I'm predicting, love I'm predicting a score of zero from me. Does that so make I'm sense? Uh, Emily, do you love it enough to go first? I do. I do. Okay. Right. So, number one. Oh, look at that. Emily's got her competition face on. <laughs> oh, everything scary. shifts uh, and just gets a. I am not allowed to play. Deep. I'm not allowed to play games at Christmas. I'm not because <laughs> I'm so competitive, and it's just knows. Well, I, I just, okay. I, I find yeah. the quiz difficult. Okay. This is why I, I, I do try, Emily. I try to try my to engage you. My heart is racing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First one, Emily. Akaboom. Akaboom. A-C-A-B-O-O-M. Akaboom. See, now I've realised I'm actually going to probably upset a lot of people if I say that's not, because then not only do I not know them, but I don't think it sounds like an actual name of a company. <laughs> Oh no, it's gone from delight to trepidation. <laughs> I thought, with just know, one being, question. If I'm being completely honest, pride comes before a fall, and I thought I'm, I'm going to know the answer to all these. Um, I'm going to say, for the purposes of not upsetting anyone, that that's a real a real name. It is. It is. Uh, Akaboom <laughs> apparently help real estate agents close deals. Okay, peers. Fisto. Fisto. F I S T O. <laughs> Uh, I'm. I think that's not a real one. I. I that's think it is. No, yeah, yeah. Oh, it God. is. What? Uh, you, you're going pop, not prop. Is that right? I'm Liz? going pop, not prop. So now I have Fisto as a hero with a metal right hand from the Masters of the Universe. So not a prop tech firm. Obviously, if accidentally I've picked a pop culture character <laughs> that happens to have the name of a prop tech firm, uh, you, you, there's very little I can do about that. Apologies to any to to, Fist, to to the board of directors of Fisto if you are indeed a going concern. Uh, sorry for reducing you to uh, a, a He-Man character. 
There's a hurried okay. board meeting being called right now. Guys, there's already a Fisto. <laughs> <laughs> On a Sunday. Why didn't you do the He-Man research? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Emily, uh, it's it's one one. Uh, it's it's going well so far. Toots, T O O T S. Toots. <laughs> That's a real company. <laughs> Emily's gone real company, but it is in fact uh, the girl. Uh, do you know what? Do you know who Toots is, Piers? Toots? No. No, I think I would have it's said the girl in company the, as well. It's the girl in the Bash Street Kids. Of course it uh, is. The girl in the Bash Street Kids, yes. Okay, Piers. Divvy. D-I-V-V-Y. Divvy. I'm, I'm going to go I'm going to go prop. I'm oh, go big on very, prop. Very, very wise to do so. Uh, Divvy, uh, San Francisco-based Divvy apparently helps renters build equity credits. Well done, Piers. Taking the lead. Thank you very much. I knew uh, that. I, and I knew that because I, I know that company. So I'm annoyed now that I went first. Sorry that the questions fell that way. Uh, Emily, Sweetums. Sweetums. Oh, that's not real. SW. Oh, hang on. That is funny. Uh, uh, S-W-E-E-T-U-M-S. I don't think that's so all real. All of a sudden doubt has crept in. Well, it's only because it's obviously uh, Sweetums, uh, Piers, do you know who Sweetums is? I love this. Isn't Sweetums the, like the massive monster from the Muppets? He is the massive monster from the Muppets. Well done, <laughs> Emily. OK, Piers, final question. This to, to claim a, 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 a quite astounding 3-2 victory. Morty, <laughs> M-O-R-T-Y. Morty. Well, look, if it, if it's not a prop tech company, it could be because the applications of that name are just, you know, you could you could be in so many different aspects of the market. So uh, if it's not already a prop tech company, I'm going to set it up and thereby make it one, which means that I get this answer right anyway. I'm going to go prop. <laughs> Uh, you, you well, I mean, it's actually both. Not only uh, is he one half of the of the pop culture phenomenon that is Rick and Morty. Morty is a mortgage comparison service. Had you heard of Morty as well, Emily? I actually had. Yes. Yeah. So I so Sorry. But apologies to Akaboom because you know that's the only one that I hadn't heard of, and I'm going to go and do uh, my research immediately. So Akaboom, if you're listening, uh, Emily would love to hear from you. Uh, an interview <laughs> podcast. Um, tell us. Yeah. Tell us all about uh, what you, what you do. Brilliant. Was that, did you enjoy that? Yes, it was awesome. It's <laughs> good. I think I think we need to have more quiz, Emily. Yeah, yeah, but less, <laughs> but like those kind of quiz. I like those kind of quizzes. They're, they're, they're good quizzes. I like that. Okay. It's better than the general knowledge quiz. When I say general knowledge, the, I mean knowledge about the, what's going, what you know, yeah. our own. <laughs> they're, they're quite specific knowledge. Usually, the quiz to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you uh, to you both. I think I think we've had a good time, and I hope uh, those at home have had uh, half as much fun. Welcome uh, <laughs> Boom, who are livid, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 of course uh, those uh, the, the the people setting up Fisto who were who were due to go public, uh, go, due to go public on Wednesday, and now their plans just in tatters. Sorry. Um, sounds like Morty uh, might also need to have an emergency Sunday board meeting when the Piers is going to set up a rival company with the same name. <laughs> now I'm going to call mine Rick. <laughs> well, well, as far as I'm aware, Piers Sweetums is still available. So, you know, that's, that's always, <laughs> always an option. 
Okay. Uh, before we all collapse into uh, absolute hysterics, uh, I'll say uh, goodbye and thank you to Emily and Piers. Uh, and to those of you at home, you have been listening to EG Like Sunday Morning.